What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Hi, everyone. Welcome. We have a big topic today. Huge. Huge, finally. And not that these other issues aren't important, but today we're talking about the big questions, big topics, even including things like faith. And here is an issue where our listeners, if they've listened to the intro at all, know that we're not the same. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a unique opportunity for us to share how we've, maybe even how we got there ourselves, but certainly how we approach those things with our kids. And they're not small. And on this, even though a lot of our parenting decisions, we've talked about this before, kind of end up looking really similar, mm -hmm. even if they're coming from a different place. These ones aren't going to be similar. So I think that'll be kind of fun to talk about. And as always, we should start with our why. And then I'm going to share a fun story about one of our crossroads moments <laughs> with this. Yeah. I mean, I was we were discussing this episode before we hit record because obviously it's a big one. We wanted to make sure we were on the same page. And what's so fascinating about this topic is actually when we sat down, you and I had totally different ideas about what we were talking about <laughs> exactly. today. We both thought we knew what the topic was and we had different I you know, slants on the topic, which tells you how big the this topic are, is. Yep. Um but to me this is a go big or go home episode. I mean, we here we are every intro we talk about how we're, you know, here's this Christian and this agnostic Jew and mm -hmm. what are they going to be talking about <laughs> in pretty much every episode we agree. So, I think today's going to be really interesting because there's basically very little on this topic that we agree on. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be kind of exciting. Um so, I guess my it's really it's a tricky question like what's your why behind the absence of faith in your home maybe um, you have a why not a why <laughs> i do have a why not that's a great way of looking at it it's to me there's a lack of knowing that exists in in all of it it's like we don't know I, I don't think anyone really knows. I think they choose to believe that's there's a difference there in my opinion um and so ultimately, I was just very uncomfortable parenting a truth that to me wasn't necessarily true. That's not to say it isn't true. It's quite possible one of these ideas out there is true or they're all true or there's some some combo of them all that, you know, we're all trying to sort out in our world here. But there just there isn't a knowing it for me. And so and because Dave and I are just naturally from different faiths anyway, even if I still believed in God, which I did when Dave and I first got together, we still had discussed the fact that we were going to need to give them a Jewish background and a Christian background. Um, and so I wanted them to be raised seeing that two people from different backgrounds can love each other, treat each other kindly, disagree, um, so that they would go out into the world not afraid to ask questions, not afraid to challenge the the norm because you know in, here in America for the most part Christianity is the norm so I wanted them to know that they can they can question and they can challenge um, and I also wanted them to know how to treat everyone with an open mind and so I guess you know up until meeting my husband and consequently meeting some Christians like you um, certainly the Christian faith felt like the opposite of all of that and so wanting to avoid what felt like a narrow minded um, right or wrong perspective on the world was something I just wasn't comfortable giving the kids, if that makes any kind of sense. It does. And it, even to undo what we've just said, oh, today's going to be the day where we're so different. I actually agree with a lot of that. So, <laughs> so 
the reason being is that my why around this is, of course, we do believe in an absolute truth in our home and we believe in the Bible and Jesus and all of the above, dot, dot, dot. However, the way in which that was handled was not really so different because I wanted my children to be loving toward people who didn't think the same way rather than judgmental. Huge difference. Huge. I wanted them to be able to maybe impart knowledge if they got asked a question without coming across condescending. Again, huge difference. It's very different to say, here's what I've learned about that versus, well, you should know, dot, dot, dot. How the recipient of those words feels is going to be very different. So... While where we were coming from was different, I think the how looked very similar and the outcome for me was a pretty similar goal because I wanted to raise kids who were going to be kind. And even if they believe in an absolute truth that they're not going around and shoving that down people's throats. I mean, I don't want to get too far off, but just the other day I saw again some guy in Portland with a sign and a megaphone. Every time I see that, I just get crazed because I think it does such a disservice to when you when you see that and that person's saying they're a Christian right what are you doing you're you're now going to probably take that microcosm and say well that's probably what most Christians are like many people will do that just like we did you know in the post 9-11 era there was a lot of assumed oh that person must be a terrorist right because dot 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 and I get so frustrated with that and did not want to raise people who were just dogmatic and little automatons and no thank you. So while I will admit that we came at these topics with an assumption of truth and we weren't afraid in our home to say, here's what we believe, the outcome for what I wanted my you know, future adults to look like was actually pretty similar to what you just shared. I have like three questions. Okay, right off and the bat. Right off the bat. Because what what our listeners probably don't know is that this is very common in these conversations is Dina says a whole bunch of stuff and I go, okay, I have some questions. Um, Q&A. Q&A time. Okay, so here's my first question because my understanding of Christianity is that you're part of your job for lack, forgive me because I don't know the words, but part of your job is to spread the good news. So how is what the guy is doing on the street not in line mm. with spreading the good news. Right. So that's a that's about spirit of the law versus letter of the law, right? So is is he technically evangelizing? I suppose you could say yes. Is he telling people something that the Bible says or telling people about Jesus? Technically, yes. But is it winsome? This is what I often think about and talk about with my kids, especially now that they're teenagers. Who's even going to be curious about about what you believe if you act like that? Mm. They're going to want to get as far away from you as they can, put earplugs in their ears and say, I want no part of something that's like that. Nobody even asked you. You're just standing there yelling at us. So how different (laughs) is it to live your life in such a way that people start to wonder, wow, what is different about my friend? I might want to ask about what they think. And then when I ask them, wow, they answered me kindly. That might actually Make me not afraid to ask more questions. That's winsome. Mm-hmm. That's that's where you will actually earn a right to have a voice to say something to your friend or your community. You that that person didn't earn it. Right. They are just turning people off, in my opinion. And I've always been really tempted to ask. So, how many people have you uh, actually converted with this method? Yeah, well, because I'm pretty sure it's a small number, if any. It's funny because last Christmas um, we were at this the country village shops oh, right yes. near my house, mm-hmm. and they have they do all these like fun holiday things. And so we went with my family and then my in laws, who are also devout Christians. And they is that the right word? Is that a good devout? thing to say? Like, what would you say? 
How do you describe someone who's like they're serious about it? They're they're the real deal. Like they <laughs> you can say that. Okay, so they're real deal. They really mean it. They, really, they, they, they really live it. it. Yeah. It's not lip service, right? Okay, so my in laws who really mean it um, were with us, and this woman was going around. She had a little basket, and the basket was filled with um, these little pamphlets that had like a little mini candy cane attached to it. And she was giving them, have you heard the good news? Have you heard the good news? And was like passing these things out. And it struck me because, of course, for me, I was like, do, 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 like toodle away as quickly as possible. I do not want to hear the good news. I've heard the good news a thousand times. Um, and but my in-laws were so thrilled and like took the little pamphlet and they had a whole chat and oh where do you go to church oh we're not from around here blah blah blah. But what struck me was all she ended up doing was talking with people who were just like her. Like, she didn't convert anybody that day. You know, she made my in-laws super happy that, like, ooh, Kira, Kira brought us to a place where, <laughs> where there's pamphlets about Jesus. But, like, <laughs> but, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't change. I, from what I could see, the only conversations she ended up having were with Christians, which is so interesting because I got goosebumps when you were talking about the way you live your life makes people interested and they want to ask questions in that whole cycle. And that's our friendship. I mean, you're a great example. I've, I've said that to you. Like, you are one of the few Christians I know that makes me go, huh, well, what's, what's that about? Like, <laughs> and our conversations make me interested, not necessarily in a way that's ever going to convert me, but in a way that makes me a lot more open-minded. So I think that's really great. Okay, question number two. Okay. So my second question is, you said, you know, in our home we talked about, well, we believe, et cetera, et cetera. Did you teach it that way or did you teach it as truth? Because there is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question. And I will say I didn't shy away from teaching it as truth. We didn't say, okay, here's a lot of options. This is the one we picked. Mm-hmm. So it it was almost this... I don't even know if I had to say that. That's a really interesting question because there was almost this underlying assumption. In fact, when we were talking before starting the episode, I shared with you, my kids didn't really ever ask, is there really a God? Right. We, or... When we were talking before we started recording listeners, I was saying, well, we could think about like those big questions that kids ask, like, is God real? Yeah. And Dina was like, yeah, my kids never really asked that question. I was like, mine <laughs> ask that all the time. So it's really, I mean, that's even interesting, right? Just because whatever they're growing up around, and that and that tells you a lot about kids, too. They really are like sponges. They'll soak things up. And so what often happens for kids raised in a Christian home, and this is important, I think, is they have, they'll get to a point where then they can start going, wait a minute. Mm. I've been told this my whole life, but do I think so? Mm-hmm. Very, very important because there's a big difference from having your parents' faith or your school's faith or your church's faith versus your own faith. So I actually want and wanted, because they've both kind of gone through this a little bit, one is all the way done, but I wanted them to wrestle with it and come to decide for themselves, am I a Christian or is it just what I was taught to mm-hmm. think? So I, while I didn't shy away from treating it like truth, because that's what I believe it is, I wanted them to come to a point where it was for themselves because that makes it way more real anyway. You've mm. got to have your own experience with that kind of stuff or it's just going to ring hollow, frankly. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So now you get to tell the story. Okay. So one of our really crossroads moments, I think as friends, as colleagues, all of the above, was the night that Kira asked me over the phone, sadly, I really wish she could have seen my face and seen, although it turned out beautifully, but she asked me, so do you think I'm going to hell? 
Well, no. Let's preface by saying I have to ask you a hard and challenging oh, yes. question. You did I was say kind it was enough. I was kind enough to let her know. Thanks for the disclaimer. <laughs> it was coming. The disclaimer proved true. Yes. It was super hard for me. And why was it hard for you? Because I had known you long enough and been invested in the relationship long enough that I care about you. And so and this happens to almost anyone of I would say almost any faith, but but I can't say because I've never been a Hindu or a Muslim, and so I can't really speak to that. But I would guess that if you have a faith paradigm and eventually someone asks you a question where you might say what you believe and hurt somebody you care about, it's gross. Mm -hmm. So I came to kind of this fork in the road where it was like, well, if I say what I believe and that's ouchie to Kira, that really makes, I really don't feel happy about that. At the same time, I am not going to coddle Kira mm -hmm. and give lip service and say what I think she wants to hear because now I don't have personal integrity. My own insides will be bothered because I have a super overactive conscience. And so it was that moment where those two worlds kind of collided. I might have to say something that she doesn't like. That's uncomfortable. But I want to make sure I'm representing myself fairly and accurately. That can be uncomfortable. And so I think that's why. And that I couldn't see you mm, because I want that. Well. Hey, I'm glad that you felt like you could ask. Mm -hmm. So that's actually another key thing when you're dealing with these things with your children, whether it's faith or a paradigm where we're not faith-based, is creating safety for questions. Yes. So even though my kids might not have asked, is God real? Because that was almost an underlying assumption. I got other big questions, like when somebody died. Well, if God's real and he's good, why did he let that happen? You know, think so making a, a home and a family a place that's safe for questions. And what I was hoping in that moment is I had made our friendship safe for that because I, I had to tell you what I really believed about it. Mm -hmm. And it was nerve wracking. Mm hmm. Do you want to tell our listeners what you said? Yeah, sure. So I actually, and this is another hard thing about being a faith-based person, you got to get comfortable with this. I actually mostly in the synopsis form said, I don't know. <laughs> and the reason I said that, in case anyone's wondering, is because that isn't up to me. If, okay. I, if I believe in a sovereign God, Kira's response to God is not really my deal. And so, but I did feel like I was really honest with you about what I believe about, you know, how how people accept salvation and go to heaven. And I can't say for sure where your heart is and whether you've done that. And so that really isn't up to me. It's not my business to judge your heart and your motives. And thankfully, it, our friendship was not destroyed. In fact, I think that might have been kind of a strengthening moment in mm -hmm. it to build the safety around that, but also for you to know I wasn't engaging in a business relationship with you, a friendship with you, all the while secretly like, well, she's going to hell. Yeah. I'm, I mean, <laughs> good luck to her. Yeah. Good luck to her. Well, and you also said something, as I recall, about truth-seeking, that mm -hmm. you believe that God um, is looking for truth-seeking and, and, and honors it, yeah. and that you believe I'm a truth-seeker even if I haven't come to that truth yet, mm -hmm. which I thought was very interesting. And that, to me, is very different than an outright rejection and so that was why I felt it was worth mentioning because you are, you're a questioner and you want to know and you want to understand. And when you don't get it, you go, I just still don't get it. But you're, you're willing to chew on things that mm -hmm. are hard. And I, I absolutely, for what I know of God's character, which of course I'm down here and I'm a person and I'm going to have really limited knowledge. But to me, I really think that if we're going to believe at all in a sovereign and loving God, he absolutely honors people who are looking for it and finding out and grappling and that that's very different than like 
forget it. It's just nonsense and not even engaging in dialogue with maybe somebody who thinks different. Mm -hmm. So that was absolutely true. Okay, so I have... More questions? I have a question. (laughs) So, and then I'll let you ask me some challenging questions, I promise. But so we we do, when we talk, we talk a lot about there's this space in faith, I think in any faith, not just Christianity, of of unknowing, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a certain point at which you don't, you don't know what, why God's doing what God's doing. And we have to just trust. So I guess I'm sort of curious how that's different than being an agnostic because it's unknowing. Mm -hmm. It's going, I don't know. Yeah. It's. I think in some ways it's not different, and in some ways it's very different. So the ways it's not different is the unknowing piece. There's a lot of times where I go, wow, I don't know why this is happening. The difference is I'm going to follow it up with, but I can trust who's in charge of what's happening. So there's never an unknowing around God. Yes. And so I might not know why a particular event is happening, but there's this this kind of generic undergirding of comfort and peace and just trust there. So the I don't know part, I think, is the same. But the agnostic is done there, right? So I just don't know why. And I don't even know if there is a God. So I can't say that there is. I can't say that there isn't. But I just don't know. Versus I don't know about some of these circumstances or this thing, but I can rest over here. Mm -hmm. I know. So there's this little cheesy quote you might have heard, like, you know, I don't, it's something about, like, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. That's mm-hmm. kind of essentially where, where the Christian goes maybe a step further. But you're right. The, there's some, some similarity with just getting really comfortable with I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've had to answer a lot of my kids' questions with I don't know. Or that It's will so be... funny because that's just no different than what's happening in in my house. Don't say that because today's supposed to be about how we're so different. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Like, it's so funny. The timing of this recording is so funny because um, so we subscribe. It, you know, we're the weirdest house, Tina, because like for all my chatter about not knowing and I don't want to have faith in my family and blah, blah, blah. We we belong to this thing called PJ Library which for those Jews that are listening is an amazing service. It's a free service. They send you a Jewish book for your kids every month. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I see like Christian books and Christian homes, it makes me cringe. And so every month this Jewish book shows up and it makes me cringe. I'm like, wow, (laughs) this is like my house that has these books. But it's great because it's like about whatever holiday is happening that month. And anyway, so my kids occasionally will pull out just a random PJ Library Mm -hmm. book and you get to keep the books. It's it's an amazing service. Anyway, so they pulled this book out yesterday and that's what they wanted to read for bedtime. And so we read the story and we get to the end of the story and my son says, so I'm confused, which is, you know, normal for both my Here son and me. Like, yeah. I have a question, essentially. Um, so he says, I'm confused. Is God real? Like, just like that. And Dave, it's like 730. It's bedtime. Oh my. And Dave and I are like, well... And Dave starts to answer, and I was like, oh, no, this is a daddy believes, mommy believes moment. But what I haven't told our listeners is Dave is a theologian. He has a master's degree in theology. He was actually at one point thinking about becoming a minister, and then he married a Jew, so that went out the window. Um, But so he's not just a Christian. He's a really educated Christian and someone who's questioned and, you know, really has a lot more um, of the scientific information around it than most people do. For sure. So he gave his answer, you know, well, I believe, I can't even remember what he said. <gasps> Isn't that horrible? Um, he gave his answer. And I said, you know, my answer, which was, well, I I just don't know. I believe 
the closest thing that I can connect to in terms of a concept of God is the idea of love, that love exists between us, it's within all of us, it's why we're here, and that to me that's what God is. God is that inexplicable thing within us that we feel as love. And so this did not satisfy my son. And so then he went to, well, is the Bible real? Which, I mean, you and I have had this conversation about the, the Bible and the book and, you know, is it God's word and what are Kira's thoughts on that anyway? Um, and so then we went to mommy believes, daddy believes, but Dave was like, oh, no, there, it's a historical document and like gave all these, you know, scientific evidentiary, you know, quotes about this, that and the other. And when he had finished, I said, OK, and some people still, even with all of that believe that it's a book of stories that are designed to teach us things, but not necessarily the word of God. And that seemed to give my son enough to chew on to go to bed. <laughs> um, but this conversation literally happened last night. Wow. Yeah. So I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, wow. Well, that's really good timing for this. I would say so. For this episode. Unfortunately, my dad wasn't present to be like, yes, here's there's the nothing. Third option. It's a blackout. That's it. Maybe that was okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so. For a seven-year-old, for now. Right. Now it's okay. Exactly. Oh, that's wild. I mean, how serendipitous. You were literally talking about that last night. Now you get to talk about it today. So it it is a, a big deal, and I I don't want to gloss over that fact at all, but I am curious. Yes. Because, because I'm not a fly on the wall in your home, and it, do you have do you have ways that you handle holidays, because we've talked a little bit about this, but I think our listeners would be interested to know, because some of them are overtly attached to a certain religious tradition. There's some Jewish holidays that do that. There's some Christian holidays that do that. And then there are families who choose just not to do any of it. Mm. And you've done this like awesome, amazing kind of combo pack. And at least at the time of this recording, we're kind of going into yeah the holiday, holiday season. season. So how do you do that? And then what do you say to your kids around it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so tricky because it lot, a lot depends on who we spend the holidays with. So my in-laws have typically come for Christmas. I, they're not coming this year. Um, and so they have liked to go to church on Christmas, which is perfectly reasonable. And I have always been very supportive of either sending the kids with Dave or going with them. I'm not afraid to go to a church. I've been to church with you. Um, you know, I, I actually kind of like the idea that if we're going to celebrate this holiday, let's at least honor where it comes from and not just like presents and hot cocoa. Um, so we celebrate a lot. I mean, because we, I mean, we do Hanukkah, but here's the thing, listeners, about Hanukkah. Like, I just want to put this out there. It's a real trigger for me at the moment. I don't know why, but, you know, Hanukkah is our least important holiday. What is your least? What is the least important holiday in Christianity? Like, I mean, like you probably, barely know it. Probably exists. ones people haven't even heard of. Do you know? I mean, like, can you think of a? Because there's because there's the church calendar. Well, and I've heard this before. I mean, to Jews, this is not the big the big one. Oh but it's, goodness! But it's what most non-Jews, the only one they know right. of. Right, and really. you know why? Because it's a Christmas. Because it's all about it's like Christians. around the same time. Right, like we live in this Christian society here in America. And, well, let's support those Jewish people. Let's make sure their voice is heard by celebrating their meaningless holiday that happens to fall near our holiday. So I kind of have this bugbear about Hanukkah. It's a great holiday. Don't get me wrong. You get to eat fried food and chocolate, basically. Okay. So it's a rocking holiday. It's beautiful with the lights and everything. But it's really minimal and unimportant. And so 
when I have friends that are like, can we come for Hanukkah? I want to expose my kids to other cultures. I'm kind of like, yeah, you can, but can you also please come for a Shabbat dinner? Mm -hmm. Because that's what matters to us, right? We on Friday nights have a Shabbat meal. Um, My family does it not every Friday. I'd say we kind of every other Friday. um, Life gets in our way sometimes, Um, but that's kind of the celebrating the end of the week Mm -hmm. and the beginning of our time of rest and um, celebrating God on, you know, if that's in your paradigm as a Jew, um, which for most Jews it is. Um, So I I sort of feel like Hanukkah is the worst exposure to Judaism Mm -hmm. and and that if people really want to be interested and, and want to ask a Jew to participate, ask to go for a Shabbat. Um, Our big holiday is Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement where you fast. So I've also joked about, you know, the whole Starbucks Christmas cup Mm -hmm. and people were like up in arms that their Christmas cup was taken away and everyone should get a cup. And it's like, okay, well, if I had a cup that represented my most important holiday, it would be Yom Kippur, which A is depressing and B would be empty because we don't eat or drink for 24 hours. So I don't need a Yom Kippur cup. Um, But anyway, I digress. To answer your question, so we do um, Christmas and Easter, um, and sometimes Dave will want to go to church, and we do, and sometimes he doesn't, and we don't. Um, he is really good, though, generally speaking, about reminding them what the holiday is actually about, and not just like bunnies and mm-hmm. eggs. And um, and then we do Shabbat pretty regularly. We have some of our closest best friends are also Jewish, and they're they're a lot more Jewish than we are. Um, <laughs> So we kind of like hop on to there. I love it out there's like gradations. Oh, there's totally. They're more Jewish. Oh, yeah. We, we, we are Jew. They really mean it. Yeah, they really mean it. We are Jew-ish. Um, so we hop on to their celebrations a okay. lot. So like they build a sukkah in the fall, which is like this amazing dwelling and you dwell outside. It's a time of dwelling. And mm-hmm. so you like eat your dinner outside and you like hang out in the sukkah. And so we go and dwell with them. Um, and they do a big Passover Seder every year, which is awesome because I don't want to have to cook a Passover Seder. So we go to their Seder. And then once a month we do a Shabbat dinner together. We take turns at different oh, houses. Oh, that's fun. So the kids are definitely, they know all the prayers in Hebrew, which I love because for me, it's not the God piece at all. It's the tradition. You know, these are phrases I grew up with. These are words and songs that I knew in my childhood that's a, a link back to my grandmother mm. and her family who perished in the Holocaust. So for me, that's the important part is the tradition and the culture and the God piece is sort of for me neither here nor there. But my kids did go through a confusing phase. They're out of it now when they were little where they thought Jewish people didn't believe in God because mommy didn't believe in God oh, and she's Jewish. So there was a lot of like, no, no, most Jewish people, mommy's the anomaly, you know, and oh. trying to kind of explain that. But they 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 figured it out eventually. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So many things. So many things. It is. It's a complicated it's a very complicated thing in our home, but my hope is that is that, that that's not a problem. It's a complicated world, mm-hmm. and there are complicated questions. And so I don't think it's bad that my kids have had to negotiate the complexities of this because we're all negotiating the complexities. Well, and they better be able to because that is the world they're going into. And it is a little bit tricky. I'm not saying I'm sorry about the choices I've made as far as how I've raised my kids or even their school choice and all of that. But it has meant I've had to be intentional about creating complexity for them to grapple with. Right. It's like the opposite, really, right? Yes, because for the most part, their experience up until recently was pretty homogenous. I'm hearing the same thing from mom and dad that I'm hearing from my teachers, that I'm hearing from people at church Mm. where I had to literally create – a 
opportunities for them to interact with the other, you know, and and to not see it as the other because that's really important too. So how did you do that? Because I think that's that's so awesome. A that you did that and weren't afraid. Not only weren't afraid, but knew it was important that they didn't exist in Mm -hmm. this bubble because that was going to be a big shock, right? Oh my goodness. So how did you do that? So one piece of it was making sure even when I was a homeschooler because I think there is a little bit of a it's a sweeping generalization but there can be some truth to really sheltered homeschoolers and so I made sure when I was homeschooling when my kiddos were younger that they still had a lot of social interaction and activities and that they were not all through our church Mm. it was you're going to go to sports over here and an art class over here and take gymnastics over there and just getting around other people and then the other thing is while they were super young for a while they each spent time in a Montessori and part of that was logistics and actually I think God being awesome because I needed a way to be with my people during my divorce. And so I got a job at a Montessori. So I got to kind of be with them peripherally. But they got exposed to some very different ideas there, too, because Montessori is not a faith based paradigm. And it, it it meant, though, that I had to be very intentional, very on purpose. And then also their love of acting really helped, because in the theater, unless you go, man, I mean, it. They, there, they there must are be the odd ducks in right. theater, right? So there yeah. are a few Christian theater organizations, but I would say by and large, that was a great exposure too to just people with different thought paradigms and artists mm-hmm. are often a little bit more on the fringe, even if they have a certain worldview. So it was great for them to start, oh, I'm, I'm coming up against this that's different than me. And I'm hearing this over here that doesn't match what I've always been taught. And so we had some great conversations, even just from them meeting other actors and shows and Mark doing his stuff with screen acting as well. It was great. Mm. Fantastic. So that was kind of how I did it. It was just on purpose activities, I guess. Right. That's so great that you did that. You know, it's interesting because um, we've been keeping an eye on iTunes, obviously, and kind of seeing how the podcast is doing. And what I've noticed is that the vast majority of parenting podcasts are Christian. And I think that they're now, I could be wrong about this, Dina Thayer, so you <laughs> you correct me if I'm wrong. But I think in the Christian community, there is a viewpoint that if you don't have a faith paradigm, that you're not going to be able to parent with morals and values. That, like, how, how are you going to do that? And it's one of the things I've been most excited about in this podcast for me is to really get a chance to show that we parent absolutely with morals values, boundaries. I mean, oftentimes, even our whys are similar oftentimes. I want to teach people to be kind. I want to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, that is proof that you can absolutely parent. You've met my kids. You Mm -hmm. can raise beautiful children without Mm -hmm. that faith paradigm. That's not to say that the faith paradigm is bad. It's just also not to say that maybe it's essential to raising adults. Thoughts? Well, I think the plethora of podcasts from a faith perspective is not quite for that reason. Although I can see why that perception could be out there that we think, oh, it just can't be done without this framework. I don't really subscribe to that myself. But I do think that there is an element where Parents who are Christians, if they're really, if they really mean it, like, that's going to be our new phrase. I really, and they're mean really it. like, hey, I'm caring about carrying, carrying out what I believe from Scripture, and really trying to walk this out, not just give it lip service, not just say it's what I believe, it's the way I live. Then they're going to take very seriously the instructions we have in Scripture about 
children are really a gift from God. You have a job to steward them well. You have a job to, you are their first and best spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. So you have a job to teach them about what you believe and train them in the way that they should go. And that's literally a verse, like train a child in the way he should go. And I think you see a lot of that because then they're like, oh, but how do we do that well? And so then they're looking to other Mm. mentors and other Christians in the field or people who run family organizations to then give some practical ideas of like, I read this, but then how do I do it? And that's the other reason I love this podcast is we move quickly Mm -hmm. from the philosophical and the theoretical to the practical. Mm -hmm. And I think there is sometimes a lack of that in the world, unfortunately. You can have all these great ideas and... Christians are guilty of this. Non-faith-based paradigms are guilty of this. Like, and here is why we should do it. And then, like, you're left going, but how? Give me some tips I can use. Give me some tools I can put in my tool belt. So I think some of that is why you see that. People are really taking that seriously. I want to do this well. The Bible says it's super important, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of kind of looking for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I hope I hope our listeners enjoyed this discussion. I'm not 100% sure exactly what we covered in today's episode, but I do feel it was probably it, the very minimal entertaining. <laughs> um, so for more information or if you have questions for us, you can go to futurefocusparenting.com or email us at info at futurefocusparenting.com. Uh, We'll be back in just a few days with another episode, and uh, we hope that you got something out of today. If, at the very, very least, just an interesting peek into Dina's and my home situation and what it looks like and how much we agree. Gosh, even when we tried to disagree, we still managed to agree on a lot today. So thank you so much for listening. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by the Seattle band, Hannah Lee.